And this is KEXU 96.1 FM, Poe People's Revolutionary Radio. I'm JV, and you're listening to Free Aslan. And before I start today's show, I, I, you know, I got this very powerful, very special poem. Um, and, you know, somebody sent me this poem, and it was uh, written by um, two Chicano youth uh Billy and Kiki, and I just want to read this poem. I thought it really touched me, really moved me, and I thought that uh, the listeners would love it because this is coming from our youth, and as everybody knows, uh, our youth is our future. So, um, you know, and and these are uh, Chicano youth who are not even in, you know, in high school yet. So it's very very special. To me, and I think that it'll be special to all of you as well. So the name, the title that they gave this poem is called My Aslan. And it begins as follows. You can try and take the very dirt from beneath our feet that we so restlessly walked on before you even existed you can try and take the very dirt that our hands so tirelessly worked through, planting seeds and burrowing our roots. You can try to paint a picture with the color of red that runs so deep within our beings to disclose your brutality. You can try to place a hand upon our mouth to quiet your massacre of our Chicano voice that we use to battle, but you cannot deny us our home of Aslan is and will be righteously once again our home. You cannot deny us that with every step forward, you will be forced to liberate our nation. You cannot deny us that the color brown runs deep in the roots of this land. You cannot deny us our beautiful culture you can try to take the Mexica out of me, betray me for years, trying hard to get me to feel shame in my skin. But you will fail. You will swallow the sweat of my pride and choke on the spit of my Quetzalcoatl tongue. You cannot deny us our history as Chicano warriors on the battlefield fighting for our Aslan. Conscious, woke, and armed with deadly words. You, Malinche, desgraciado, perro, colonizer. You can try, but you will not succeed. And that's a, a I just, you know, I was amazed by um, the beauty of the words that these, um, these beautiful young people used in um, formulating this poem. And, um, you know, I think that this poem is going to be shared with uh, many, many people uh, in the future as well. And so I just wanted, I thought it would be good to set the tone of today's show. Um, and uh, today's show, I'm going to be discussing the book, Chicano Power and the Struggle for Aslan. And I just felt that that poem was uh, a good way to... Um, you know, to set the set the the, the tone of the today's show. So, moving on, uh, we have some news from uh, Aslan Press, and um, 
And one of the things is, um, of course, uh, as always, the gladiator fights, um, you know, um, the the gladiator fights in the concentration camps, um, you know, um, they continue and the state continues to, uh, you know, to use prisoners and, um, you know, use them to uh, for entertainment, you know, their entertainment to the guards. And this is continuing to happen, and they're continuing to throw prisoners on yards that they shouldn't be on, and um, and creating a lot of havoc within those concentration camps. So we have never, nor will we ever, forget our brothers and sisters behind the walls and behind enemy lines, and we'll continue to fight and struggle alongside them uh, in a parallel fashion. Um, as we all move forward, you know, just because we're on this side of the concentration camp walls doesn't mean that um, we will ever forget about our loved ones. Uh, and we're in the same struggle and we continue to um, fight alongside them um, and moving in the same direction as as our loved ones. So. Yeah, so I just want to continue to bring that up. And, 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 and Free Aslan will continue to be a voice of imprisoned Aslan because, um, you know, these are, our, uh, these are our community members. These are our, in many cases, these are our heroes who uh, sacrifice for their families, sacrifice for their neighbors and their communities in different ways. And, um, and, and sometimes maybe those weren't the most correct ways, but um, nonetheless, they have sacrificed uh, and gave helplessly and they continue to do so. And so we will never forget them. And, um, and as they continue to engage in this battle against the state, uh, because that's uh, who has them in these um, horrific conditions and these torturous conditions. And uh, we stand in solidarity with um, our loved ones who continue the struggle uh, behind the uh, prison walls. So let me move on now to um, we have some some good news uh, coming from. Um, and this news was relayed to Aslam Press from um, uh, Jason G. Uh, Reyes Sr., the primo of Anthony Nunes. And, you know, um, and so the family won um, the civil trial today. You know, the civil trial, it's not a criminal trial uh, for the pigs who uh, murdered uh, Anthony Nunes in San Jose, Khalifa Aslan. Uh, you know, and, you know, it, it wasn't a criminal trial, and so they're not charged with murder. Uh, which, um, you know, everybody, um, you know, um, can see uh, this is what happened, you know, um, uh, anybody can see this. Uh, and, and, and so they weren't charged with murder, but they were found guilty by a civil trial. And, you know, that's a step forward. Um, and, um, you know, so the family uh, won that trial and they're going to be getting some monetary uh, damages, of course, nothing can bring back Anthony, and nothing will change the um, the loss that they've they've felt. However, it's good um, that uh, the pigs are found guilty in some fashion, uh, and this is one fashion that they're found guilty. And of course, in in the people's eyes, they're guilty um, all day long. 
and 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 just like all the other pigs and all the senseless murders of un- unarmed people uh people who um you know could have been dealt with in many different ways you know um they could have used non-lethal force and um yet you know they continue to slaughter our people uh in the streets and so you know this is a victory um the family you know um it's a step forward and you know but the people will never rest until uh you know the pigs are found guilty of murder because this is exactly what occurred in my opinion and and you know in many other people's opinions so you know um and so that came from Jason Reyes, uh, brother Jason, and we thank you for um, contributing that news. And um, and the sister uh, Gloria Quiroz, um, you know, and she's also a friend of Free Free Aslan, and she sent some uh, very important information uh, concerning anybody who lives uh, in California. Um, you know, as everybody knows, uh, we're dealing with gentrification with the rents are just outrageous. You know, they're charging, you know, thousands of dollars for a one bedroom apartment, um, that is just falling apart. I mean, it's just incredible what they, uh, how they, um, how they, um, call housing, you know, this is not housing. And so, um, the rents keep rising. So, you know, um, Sister Gloria sent some information on a new bill, um, and she says, you know, vote yes on AB 1482, and this is a rent freeze bill. So, you know, the whole idea is to get the rents to stop rising, you know, every year. I know um, where I live, um, you know, they just raised it a, a you know, hundred, over a hundred dollars uh, just, you know, they raise it every few months, you know, another hundred, another hundred. So, you know, this is, um, and gentrification is another form of genocide, uh, because when people don't have nowhere to live, um, you're going to resort to, uh, many different things. You know, people are scrambling to survive. And when you cannot survive, um, you, you know, your health is going to deteriorate, you know, you're going to, um, be put in, uh, situations that you, um, you know, that may be dangerous, you know, and so this is another form of genocide that our people are forced to, and, and, and they do it legally. See, all of their things, all of the, uh, attacks, um, aimed at our people are done quote unquote legally today you know it's not like back in the days they could just ride up on horses you know throw a noose around your neck and drag you to the nearest tree they can't do that no more you know even though they they still do it they do it with guns and bullets but you know for the most part they can't do that um to everybody so what they do is um they do things like gentrification like uh making people homeless like raising the rents um to the point where people can't afford to live you know they they do all these other things that are also forms of genocide so you know it's not just about outright taking our lives um they can you know criminalize you they could throw you in prison um that's a form of genocide throw you in solitary confinement in order to you know um destroy your mind that's a form of genocide these uh oppressors have a whole arsenal 
um, you know, that they um, utilize on us. And so we have to be very sharp. We have to pay attention. We have to understand the world and the society we live in. And um, we have to know that they are on the march. And so we have to um, we have to also mobilize because um, they're doing it very strongly. So Sister Gloria says, you know, vote yes on AB 1482 uh, and also to call the Senate Judiciary Committee members um, who will be voting on this bill on July 9th. And they are Senator Henry Stern, and his phone number is 916-651-4027. That's 916-651-4027 for Henry Stern. Uh, Senator Hannah Beth Jackson, 916-651-4019. That's 916-651-4019. And Senator Tom Unberg, uh, 916-651-4034. 916-651-4034. And, you know, it's just like with anything, you know, when we want to, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, me personally, I'm not real big on voting these uh, pre- presidential uh, elections because um in my opinion both parties uh are on the same team you know it's it's like a good cop bad cop you know we need a party a political party that um is for the rasa created by the rasa and focuses on our struggles you know we can't rely on you know uh republicans and democrats to um give us liberation they don't care about that you know you, you could see democrats deported more uh migrants than uh, the republicans they're all the same it's just one talks nicer than the other however you know when it comes to local uh elections which you know I'm talking about california elections I do believe that these are necessary. Uh, for example, the death penalty. How are we going to get that over? How was you know that able to uh, be affected unless you know people went out and voted for that? But this is local elections. This is California elections. It's very important because we live in California. So if we want to stop these rent hikes, you know, hey, we we need to live. We we can't be paying uh, five thousand dollars for a one bedroom apartment. So. I sure can't, but, you know, so in order to stop that, we have to vote on things like this rent-free, so it's a very good thing. Local elections, um, very, very good because uh, we need to stop certain things like death penalty, like the three strikes law, like um, the rent increases. There are just certain things that affect us uh, as oppressed nations people that we need to uh, utilize everything that we can at this point. Uh, and you know, the black Panther party called it, uh, survival programs, uh, survival pending revolution. So we need to survive, uh, pending revolution, you know, revolution ain't tomorrow. So in the meantime, we have to survive. We have to eat, we have to live somewhere. And, um, and so we have to utilize these, um, forms. And so I want to thank, uh, sister Gloria for, uh, sending that very important information, uh, to free Aslan. And so. Now, um, you know, what we're going to do today is um, talk a little bit about this book. However, um, first, we're going to be going, uh, we're going to take a short break right now, um, and we're going to hear a little bit of music. And so, just kick on back. Uh, I'm going to play a little song, and uh, we'll come back, and, and we'll hear about the Chicano power and the struggle for Aslan. Be back in a minute. Look what you've done 
this is KEXU 96.1 FM, Poe People's Revolutionary Radio. I'm JV, and you're listening to Free Aslan. And that was Smokey and the Miracles with I've Been Good to You. Love that song, beautiful song. And so uh, I wanted to share it with all of you um, on Free Aslan. But so I want to read a little bit. Uh, I'm going to the. Uh, for anybody who has the book, uh, Chicano Power and the Struggle for Aslan, it's in Section 3, uh, The Path Forward for Emancipation. And I'm going to skip uh, the first page or so, and I'm going to uh, talk about, um, it's talking about class struggle. And this is very important because uh, class struggle, it's, it's, it's a reality. There is such thing as class struggle, but we have to understand um, what exactly class struggle means um, and, you know, where it stands um, as far as, you know, when it comes to contradictions. Class struggle is a contradiction. This is a contradiction, but it's not the principal contradiction uh, in these U.S., uh, these false U.S. borders. You know, but it is a contradiction. So we're going to learn uh, a little bit about uh, principal contradiction and secondary contradictions where they are struggles, but not the most important struggle. And this is one of them. Class struggle is very important. However, there's um, there's also um, uh, other struggles that are uh, very important. And one is even more important than that at this stage. Uh, but let me just read. It says the class struggle today manifests itself as a struggle between nations. Before we can organize to defeat the parasitic bourgeois who feeds off the labor of the proletariat, we must first organize to defeat the parasitic core capitalist centers that feed off the oppressed and exploited nations in the periphery. The class struggle is inextricably bound to the national struggles of the oppressed nations of the third world as well as the struggles of the internal semi-colonies of the United States, i.e. Aslan, New Africa, Boricua, and the First Nations. It is this contradiction that drives these national liberation struggles, the principal contradiction that must be untangled before we can make progress on the class struggle. And, you know, there's a couple of words in there, um, you know, um, some people might, you know, new listeners to Free Aslan might, you know, say, well, who, what, what is the bourgeois? You know, this is, you know, this is the middle class. This is, you know, the, um, it's not talking about us. So that we, we are not the bourgeois. You know, if you, you know, if you're struggling to pay your rent and utilities every month, you are not the bourgeois. So stop acting like you are because you're not. So, you know, this is a different class. You know, this is, you know, mostly uh the business class the uh, middle class um and, and it and, and it does not pertain to um most of the listeners although there are some within um this class who uh do um sympathize and support uh the oppressed nation so that's something we got to keep in mind as well you know um here at poor magazine at homefulness um they use a term called reparators, you know, because we know what reparations are. You know, reparations are, you know, um, 
ways of giving back um, from the exploitation and oppression that has occurred. Um, but there are also reparators, as Poor Magazine calls them, people who they may be from uh, the bourgeois, they may be from the middle class, and, and they may be privileged, uh, economically privileged, or um, you know, nationally privileged, or what have you. Uh, um, and, and, and they understand that they are, and they also support, um, you know, the oppressed nations people and they give back financially and by other ways. And so these are reparators. So I'm not gonna, um, you know, I'm not saying that every single person from this class is, you know, the most evil person in the world because there are very good people, uh, from all walks of life, uh, as we all know. And and some of these people from these classes, they do uh, assist the uh, oppressed nations very much. And, you know, um, and not just financially, but they might um, do so uh, through technical support. They may do so through, um, you know, educational, uh, you know, educationally by coming back into the communities that we grow up in or into the concentration camps and teaching those who otherwise would not understand uh, their social reality and the society that we live in. So, you know, there's people from different classes who um, they do give back and in and, and different ways. Another, um, you know, um, word that, um, you know, I, I talked about is, um, you know, I talked about the uh, uh, capitalism. You know, in 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 capital, this is we live in a capitalist society. Uh, the U.S., uh, the United Snakes, is a capitalist society. You know, it's it's all about profit. It's all about profit, and profit comes before the people. And the, and and if you don't have money, you don't eat. That's a capitalist society. You don't got money you know, you ain't eating, uh, and you're not being housed, you're not, you have nothing coming, and this is why we see so many homeless, uh, sleeping, uh, under bridges, and on the side of, uh, highways, in these tents, because, um, in this kind of society, it's a dog-eat-dog society, and, um, many people who were born and raised here, and who never, uh, read about other countries and other societies, they think this is the same everywhere around the world, but it's not, you know, and, and throughout history, it has not been this way. And there have been many countries who have went through certain um, uh, revolutions and um, their societies were uh, not capitalist and they did not have homeless. Uh, you know, if we go to Cuba, for example, you're not going to see all kinds of tent cities and people sleeping under bridges. People are entitled to housing in Cuba. And, um, and, and you know, so and, and that's what socialism is about, uh, uh, providing for the people, what the people need, they have coming. So, you know, this is the these are two very different um, forms of governing and uh, different ways of organizing societies and capitalism. Um, you know, serves the oppressors very well, you know, they, they um, profit off of our labor, you know, we're the ones who, um, you know, fill the construction sites, go to any construction site in the U.S. and see who you see building these houses and these buildings, uh, go to the fields and see who's out there laboring, um, and so, you know, and, you know, um, in many ways, um, you know, the capitalists are like parasites and it talks about, uh, 
in this um in this paragraph it it, it actually talks about um parasitism and um and that's what it is feeding off of uh somebody else you know feeds and and to be precise the sentence says before we can organize to defeat the parasitic bourgeois who feeds off the labor of the proletariat we must first organize to defeat the parasitic core capitalist centers that feed off the oppressed and exploited nations in the periphery and so you know the the proletariat of course is talking about the working class but here in the u.s um you know um it's not the working class that we learned when we studied uh marx or lenin um um you know or 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 mao you know these are not this is not the the exploited working class here in the u.s you know you got workers you got uh you know, union members making, you know, a hundred, over a hundred, you know, $80 an hour, $50, $60 an hour. I mean, um, you know, this is not the, um, and how do they make that amount of money? Um, where does this wealth come from? Where does this money come from in order to pay workers in the U.S. Uh, $60 an hour, $70, $80 an hour, uh, so that they can drive around in these um, luxury vehicles and buy, uh, you know, um, houses up in, you know, um, uh, these uh, million dollar homes and all that. How do they, how is the U.S. able to pay their workers uh, in, in a way where they're able to have these high living standards? How is it? Um, well, um, you know, the only answer to that is that they acquire wealth from the exploitation of countries around the world. So they will exploit these resources uh, from other countries and make the profits and take the oil, uh, etc., and then be able to feed those within its own false borders uh, in order to, it's kind of like, you know, um, keeping the, you know, people within the, the prison fat and, and happy, uh, and, and they're more likely not to want to rise up if they're nice and comfortable, uh, driving their, you know, their, um, Tesla or, you know, um, you know, deciding, uh, what country they're going to visit uh, on their vacation this year, you know, they're more likely not to want to rise up because they're comfortable and, you know, and uh, pacified. So this is why the U.S. Um, steals these resources from other countries and um, is able to pay um, um, many of its workers very high wages. And there are a lot of workers that are struggling within the U.S., um, Probably most of the listeners from Free Aslan are included in that. Um, you have uh, migrant workers working in the fields, you know, and um, but that goes again. Uh, it, those are concrete examples of mostly uh, the oppressed nations, you know, brown, black uh, and First Nations people who are um, struggling very, very, very badly, um, while many others are, um, you know, um, are living uh, a lot less stressful lives. So, you know, there's a lot of national oppression going on, and um, but there are, are also um, very high wages. Some uh, have called uh, 
the U.S. workforce, uh, for the most part, the majority of it, uh, the labor aristocracy. And this is kind of like an, uh, a worker elite, you know, an elite worker. And, you know, you got to remember, we're living in the first world. This is the first world. Uh, this is the, the imperialist center, uh, basically the capitalist um, foothold in the world, the, the stronghold. And so, you know, they're going to have more wealth in this country. They're going to, you know, um, use it to pay certain sectors of the workforce um, and, and to keep them privileged uh, so that they don't want to rise up, you know. And, and that's the thing is, um, you know, if, um, you know, if many of these union workers um, were starving, um, you know, more than likely, uh, these unions in the U.S. will be vehicles of revolution uh, and not just simply uh, vehicles to um, cater to people in Washington. And um, and so, you know, we have to look at that. But this particular paragraph, um, it talks about class struggle. And it also says that, um, you know, the class struggle, basically it is a contradiction. It is something that we're struggling for. But it is not the principal contradiction, as the paragraph said. The principal contradiction in these false U.S. borders is the national struggle. And and that is because, um, you know, there are different, there are uh, three main forms of uh, contradictions in these United Snakes. And that is nation, class, and gender. These are the three most important struggles uh, for oppressed peoples in these false borders, uh, the struggle, the national struggle, the class struggle, and the gender struggle, because there's gender oppression, there's class oppression, and there's also national oppression. However, for the Chicano nation or the black nation or the first nations, for, for the oppressed nations people, they are never going to acquire gender liberation fully or class liberation fully um, without national liberation. Because if we don't control our own land and resources, we are not going to ensure gender liberation. So, you know, you know it all comes down to land. You control the land, you control the resources, you create, you know, you're independent from the United Snakes and you form your own independent army. Um, then you can uh, ensure that there's gender liberation, that there's gender equality. But so long as our resources and our land are held by the white nation, by the oppressor nation, there's no way in hell we're going to be able to uh, ensure there's gender equality you know how are we going to say there's class equality when we don't even have control of our own land when we don't even have control of our own resources how can we do that how can we ensure how can we tell our people um you know what we have gender equality and class equality now it's all good well wait a minute how is it all good when we we can't even control our own land you know, how is that? How in the hell are you going to ensure gender equality and class equality when your land's taken? You know, when, when uh, 
you know, when, um, you know, I mean, when your resources are taken, when, when you have to work and, um, you know, um, in the minds that your people, um, your ancestors, this is your ancestral homeland, and yet you have to, um, you know, you have to work in these minds uh, that are controlled uh, by America. And, you know, just, just for the listeners that are, you know, some listeners uh, are new to Free Aslan, and so I'll reiterate, uh, when I say America, you know, because a lot of people, yeah, well, I'm American, they, they think they're American. Uh, America, you know, America uh, means the white nation. So if you're brown, if you're black, if you are um, First Nations, you are not American, you are not American. You know, America is the white nation. And uh, Chicano people are not American. Uh, black folks are not American. Once again, First Nations folks, not American. You know, Americans are the white nation. This is the title of the white nation. So, you know, um, we got to be clear on who we are, first of all. Uh, you know, we're Chicano people. You know, some are black folks, some are First Nations people. We are not American. And so anyway, the principal contradiction, once again, the most important struggle in these false U.S. borders today is the struggle for national liberation. Because without national liberation, uh, we can't ensure um, none of our people are safe, whether that goes for their gender, whether that goes for their class, None of it. First, it's the land. Free the land. And so with that being said, we're going to take another short break. We're going to listen to another slow cut. So just kick on back. We'll be coming back uh, in just a minute. Probably careless about the changes I 
this is KEXU 96.1 FM, Bold People's Revolutionary Radio. I'm JV, and you're listening to Free Aslan. And that was Patti LaBelle, uh, If Only You Knew, another good song, you know, love that song. And uh, so, yeah, so we're going, getting back into this book, and just a brief... Um, a uh, brief update on the, you know, for those, some have never heard of the book, Chicano Power and the Struggle for Aslan. So for those who have never heard of it, um, you know, it's written uh, by a MIM prison study group. And these are prison, these are Chicano prisoners that uh, wrote this book. Uh, it was written by two Chicano prisoners, uh, revolutionary prisoners who, um, you know, and, you know, they didn't get paid for writing this book. They came together because they loved their people and loved the struggle and wanted to make a major contribution, and they did so with this book. And, um, you know, I believe this book is going to live on for a very long time. Um, I haven't read any book uh, pertaining to the Chicano Nation um, that is in depth on so many topics as this book. It's very educational. It's a history book, study guide, training manual, all in one. Uh, and you know, it's it's sent into the prisons for to prisoners. Um, it's sent for free to prisoners uh, by this organization. And also, um, I just note that the entire state of Texas banned this book from entering any of its prisons and this is how powerful this book is um that they do not want it in any and texas has the most prisons i believe uh within the united snakes so you know this is just something to to know that why are they afraid of this book why is it you know banned in texas and there's one or two other states and you know censorship uh if we look to books that have been censored in history it's usually because um of the truth that comes out in this book and um and how it teaches people how to struggle and teaches people how to think actually uh not necessarily what to think but how to think and and, um and so um with that said i want to get back and read a little bit more of the book um so uh the next paragraph i'll just start there and it says, today the Chicano nation is at a crossroads. The Rasa population is growing faster than any other. So that according to the 2010 census, Rasa may be the largest population in the United States in a few decades. A large population of any people does not automatically translate to a progressive force. The possibility exists for Rasa to be bought off by American imperialism and to become a reactionary force as a group, helping to uphold U.S. imperialism, not just in Aslan, but throughout the world on a mass scale. One can see the importance of educating the Rasa now before we get to be the largest population in the United States. This education must provoke a class consciousness in order for us to be successful. And so, you know, what this particular paragraph is talking about is that, you know, in, in a few decades, uh, you know, Rasa are going to be, and to be specific, um, Chicanos are going to be, um, you know, uh, the majority uh, population population. 
um, uh, in a few decades. And, um, and, and this is going to be, um, as we already know, uh, the white nation is, their birth rate is dropping. Uh, and, and, you know, and they're actually dying off. They're not having children as uh, Rasa are having the most children. And Asians are right behind them. I believe um, the black nation, their birth rate has, is leveled. So it's not dropping, but it's not rising it's leveled. It's staying leveled, and so Rasar, our the birth rate is increasing, and Asians is right behind. They're also um, increasing. So in the next few decades, um, Rasa are going to be the the biggest, largest population in the U.S. in these false U.S. borders. So as the paragraph said, that doesn't necessarily equate automatically a progressive force just because uh people are rasa doesn't mean that they are revolutionary that they're progressive they could be brainwash uh coconuts you know they could be you know um you know they could be um, employed by the by the border patrol and there are a lot of rasa uh coconut brainwashed sellouts who are employed by the border patrol and so this uh, is talking about that, you know, just because we're going to be the majority population doesn't mean that it's going to be a positive thing. And the only way it's going to be a positive thing is if people begin to teach their children, teach themselves, teach their neighbors, teach their cousins, their family, uh, teach everybody, uh, each one, teach one, everybody teach somebody and um, and, and mobilize our people, because if we don't, then um, we're going to be the majority of population, but the majority of backward brainwash uh, 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 people that um, uphold uh, U.S. imperialism instead of fighting against it. So that's very dangerous. This is why it's very important at this stage, at this time, uh, for everybody, every family should begin the process of education. I recommend the book Chicano Power and the Struggle for Aslan should be on every brown kitchen table. I believe that uh, we need to get it into the schools. Um, you know, if anybody, um, you know, has contacts in the, in, in the schools, if we have Rasa listening who made themselves work in the schools, then they need to reach out and uh, begin this process. They don't have to have the whole book in the school if they're a teacher. They don't have to do that because that takes a process that has to go in front of a board and, and, and this and that. And we understand the, the hurdles involved in that however it is possible for any teacher any educator uh in these false u.s borders to get any book and to just scan a chapter here a chapter there and use that packet of papers as supplemental reading in any course and so there's no excuse why uh this book is not getting into the schools we need to get this into the schools in order to teach the next generation because um you know by the time people wake up and understand that hey we you know we're the largest population we we should start educating our people by then it's going to be too late they're going to be joining the military they're going to be standing at the border they're going to be in washington dc uh you know uh, in congress you know and it's going to be too late 
you know, and we're going to be the largest population of, you know, and so this is very important now that we are not the largest population uh, for people to begin this process of education and everybody who knows somebody um, uh, to begin this process and do everything in their power to do so because um, uh, if we don't, then, um, you know, um, as it is, you know, when it comes to the U.S. military, I'll just uh, mention as well, the anniversary of the Chicano Moratorium is coming up uh, uh, next in August next month, and it's going to be the 49th anniversary of the Chicano Moratorium. For those who don't know, the Chicano Moratorium was the largest Chicano anti-war protest in history, and, um, you know, um, Tens of thousands uh, uh, of Chicano people uh, came out into the streets in various ways. Uh, um, clash with the pigs. The pigs tried to um, stop this uh, protest event. And, you know, there was uh, a few deaths. Um, you know, the pigs did kill a few uh, Chicano people during the moratorium back then. But, you know, this is the 49th anniversary next month. And what the Chicano moratorium did at that time was to protest the war in Vietnam because the majority of people dying on the front lines were Chicano people at the time. And so our people went into the streets and um, and, and it was the largest um, and that was a revolutionary nationalist uh, protest. And, um, you know, um, it, it was the Chicano nation saying we're against imperialism. Um, we Chicanos are not going to be used to fight the imperialist war. We're not going to fight for the white nation. You know, if America wants to go to war with Afghanistan, if America wants to go to war with, uh, you know, um, Iran, uh, we're not fighting America's war. We're not fighting for the white nation. We're Chicano people. We have our own war to fight. We have our own struggle. We're our own battle. And we're not going to be dying for the white nation. And that's what the people said back then during the Vietnam War. That's what the Chicano nation stood up and said. And so today, you know, the numbers tell us that the majority of recruits uh, are growing um, amongst Rasa. So white people are, um, they're not joining the militaries as they did, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So the numbers are there. Anybody could do the research. The largest numbers of people joining the U.S. military today are Rasa. And women Rasa are um, quickly gaining um, to be the largest uh, population per capita uh, to join the U.S. military. So if we talk about U.S. imperialism, and all imperialism is, for some of the listeners that don't know, is it's capitalism and the exportation of capitalism. It's sending capitalism overseas. It's exporting uh, exploitation. Capitalism is exploitation. Okay, uh, when you talk about coming up, you're coming up on somebody. When you come up on somebody, that's exploitation. So capitalism, uh, you know, the U.S. government does this, comes up on a large scale. They, they're trying to come up on Venezuela. You know, they want to invade in order to take the oil because Venezuela has the largest oil deposits in the world. And so every single war that they do, it's because they want to 
exploit that nation. And um, and so, uh, you know, wherever wherever they want to fight, whatever they want to do, um, Rasa are joining this U.S. military. They're joining the white military, joining the white nation's military. So this needs to stop. If we think about imperialism, if that if every people oppress people around the world, from here, from in you know in any place in the world, any country in the world, everybody's against the oppressed nations are always against imperialism because this is the entity that goes around the world exploiting like like a parasite, like a leech. So if we talk about imperialism, how do we stop it? Well, think about what fuels it. You know, this is how you determine, um, you know, um, how to stop anything. You find its strength. What is imperialism's strength? What enables it to continue forward, uh, exploiting, going to these countries, invading them, going to war? What, what allows them to do that? It's the military. So you take the military away, there is no more U.S. imperialism. So how do you take the military away? We can't just go and just, you know, make them disappear. We can't do that. But how do we do it? Well, if Rasa are the highest population that are entering the U.S. military because whites are no longer joining the U.S. military, other peoples are not joining in the numbers that Rasa are. So if we want to stop the U.S. military, how do you do it? Well, you stop Rasa from joining. You cut the fuel off to this U.S. military machine, you, 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 you shut off the valve, shut their supply line down, and that's by educating the Rasa that we do need a Chicano moratorium today. We need a Chicano moratorium, the world needs a Chicano moratorium today. And those supporting, you know, people talk about what what can we do that's internationalist. I, you know, I I feel like doing an act of internationalism. The highest act of internationalism today is supporting a Chicano moratorium today. That's the highest form of internationalism you can contribute within these false U.S. borders today. This is the highest form of internationalism because by cutting off the siphon the supply line to the u.s military you're helping people around the world so that's the first step we need a chicano moratorium today we need to educate our children that's the first step educate your children educate your every chicano family every rasa family should educate their children do not join the u.s military do not join the white nation's military it's not our military you know um do not join it do not oppress people around the world for america do not go around the world killing other oppressed nations people for the white nation don't do it you know, and so that's the number one step that we have to do as Rasa, as internationalists, as revolutionaries, as conscious folks, as woke folks, you know, whatever you want to call yourself. This is the first step we need to do uh, is educate our children. Do not join 
the white nation's military. And that's what the U.S. military is. The white nation's military. It always has been, always will be. And so, you know, we need to stop our children from supporting this genocidal military. And that's the first. If we cut that off, the future of the U.S. military is very dismal, is very, it's in very, very bad shape. So that's the first step that we need to do is begin to raise consciousness and build public opinion around the new Chicano moratorium and around educating all Rasa do not join uh, this U.S. military. Do not join it. And so that's uh, probably the highest form of internationalism. And so non-Chicano people should support a Chicano moratorium for that reason. And so this is what this uh, this particular um, paragraph is talking about here is uh, and um, and with that being said, time has just crept up on us. So, you know, we get going and here goes the time. So with that being said, we ran out of time. I'm going to have to sign off and uh, next next week uh, I'll pick it up again. And uh, we'll continue onward on the path to liberation on Free Aslan. With that being said, thank you all for listening. Uh, you have a good night. And thank you for, thank being, you for being listeners to Free Aslan. And this is KEXU 96.1 FM, Poe People's Revolutionary Radio. I'm JV, and you are listening to Free Aslan. Thank you.